0: Hallelujah. Well, Father, we worship you, Lord. We honor you. We lift you up. Today is today, Lord. You have made, and we will rejoice, and we will be glad in it. And, Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to fellowship around your throne, to come into your presence. I just thank you that you are a good God, a great big God, the creator of heaven and earth. There is nothing too hard for you. So, Lord, it's all of you and none of us. So, Lord, I just thank you, Satan. I break your power. I take authority over this atmosphere. And I declare that everybody will receive everything that God wants to give them today. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I'm going to encourage you in giving thanks to the Lord. Amen. And so that was uh, when I was asking the Lord, I said, well, what can I share about today? And I was just, I just kept reading my Bible. And I said, well, I'll let the Holy Spirit tell me, you know, what he wants me to say. And then... Uh, as I was, I, I came across the scripture it, where it says Jesus gave thanks. And then I said, oh, okay, and that gave thanks stuck with me. And he said, that's the problem with my church. They don't thank me enough. They don't honor me. They don't thank me. You know, we're all in our Amos 913 season, lifestyle, paradigm, whatever you want to call it. We're all in our upgrade. But if we don't keep a right heart and thank God for it, you'll start thinking that you did it and not him. Amen. And so I think it's in Deuteronomy 11 where the Lord was talking about, I'm not doing, I didn't choose you because you were so good. You were a stiff necked people. You know, Jesus went to the cross for us because we were dying in our sin. The Bible says that he died for us while we were yet sinners. So he He's such a good God and we he deserves our honor. He deserves our praise. And so anyway, our foundation is scripture. If you turn to Psalms 136. And I'm going to turn there too. Psalms 136. And I hope you have something to write with because I'm going to give you some scriptures that you need to go home and, and meditate on. Because having a heart of thanksgiving and having a heart of gratitude will take you a long way. You know, in the Old Testament, they even gave a Thanksgiving offering. And I remember when this ministry first started, uh, Pastor Varv taught us about all the different offerings that they took, and they're still very much significant. And so, uh, so Thanksgiving is not a little thing, it's a big thing, and it's a big thing in God's eyes. So anyway, Psalms 136 verse 1, the Psalmist is saying, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Again, I'm going to read it again. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And that's Psalms 136. It's also repeated in Psalms 107, verse 1. And so when you, you need to give, when we get caught up in our everyday life. Sometimes we forget to give Thanks. And so the Lord was saying, if you can't think of anything else to thank me for, you need to thank me because my mercy endures forever. You can stumble, you can fall, you can mess up. And when you repent... I don't see your error. I see your blood. My mercy endures forever. Because sometimes the devil can have such a weight on your life, your mind, your family members. You think, I don't have nothing to thank God for. God said you always got something to thank me for. Always. So anyway, I'm, uh, the first thing, I'm just going to lay a foundation on why it's so important to thank God. Because it's something that we hear as Christians, but it's something that we as Christians don't really understand and we take it for granted. So if you would turn to Malachi chapter 3. because see in the Old Testament these people were heathens and so the priest always God always had to give them instruction you know when you come into the sanctuary this is what you do you know when when Moses was first acquainted with God. He told Moses, he said, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. You know, he gave in in Exodus, they had to give instruction on what the priests were to wear when they went into the holies of holy. And see, he had to teach the people how to reverence him. And so a lot of that has been lost in the church because we take so much for granted. God is such a good God. We have the whole, we pray in tongues now, so we think we got it all. But still, there's a holy awe and a holy reverence that the Lord is saying is still missing. He said, "Because I'm still the same God, and I'm, I'm still do that same reverence." So anyway, Malachi chapter three. Okay, I'm gonna read it out of my Bible first, page thirteen. I'm going to start reading in verse 13. And the Lord, and uh this is what the Lord, he said, Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it if we've kept his ordinances? And that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed, and those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. We're going to keep going down to verse 18. Then those who feared the Lord, and see, there was two conversations going on, the murmuring and the complaining, those who had words that were against God, but then there was the remnant who had a heart of thanksgiving. We're going to talk about them in verse 16. It says, Then those who feared the Lord, in other words, those who had a heart of gratitude and gratefulness, spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him. For those who fear the Lord and and who meditate on his name, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On that day, I will make them my jewels and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked. Between one who serves God and one who does not serve God. And I'm gonna, I wanna read this and before I talk about it, I wanna read it in, um, Malachi. I wanna read it in a message translation. And in a message translation, the subtitle says, the difference between serving God and not serving God. Or the difference between having a heart of worship towards God and thanksgiving, knowing whom your help comes from and not. So in the message translation, I'll start and it says, God says, you've spoken hard and rude words to me. And you ask, when did I, when did I ever say that? When you said it doesn't pay to serve God. What you do, what do we ever get out of it? When did we, I'm saying, when we did what he, why can't I read? I'm sorry. When we did what he said, And went around with long faces serious about God. What difference did it make? Those who take life into their own hands are the lucky ones. They break all the rules. They get ahead. They push God to the limit and they get by with it. And this is what the Lord is saying. This is what I hear them say in their heart. Look at Beyonce and Jay-Z. They got everything. They don't serve God. They serve the devil. Look at my neighbor. She living with her boyfriend. She, she got a nice house. She driving nice. And see, God says, your words have been stout against me. I'm just using them as an example. There's other things that we say in our heart. Things that little resent, I call it little resentments that we have built up. You know, why I got to do this? Why are they always asking me to do this? Somebody else is sitting there doing nothing. He said, all your words, they've come up before my throne. I hear you. Verse 16 in the message says, then those who lives, then those who lives, honor God, got together and talked it over. These are the folks that get together and instead of gossiping, they talk about the goodness of God and everything that God has done for them. God saw what they were doing and he listened in. A book was opened in God's presence and minutes were taken of that meeting. So God wrote down what they said about him because they had a heart of thanksgiving. With the name of the God, with the name of the God fears written down. He said, these people fear me. And he wrote down all the names of those who honored him. And then God said about them, they're mine. They're all mine. They'll get special treatment when I go into action. I treat them with the same consideration and kindness that parents give the child who honors them. Once more, you'll see the difference it it makes Between being a person who does the right thing and one who doesn't. Between serving God and not serving God. So in Malachi, he was talking about the fact that when you have a heart of thanksgiving and gratitude towards me your life will make a difference. I'm going to make a difference in your life because every time you lift up your hand in a hard place, every time you worship me when it looks like everything is wrong or you got sickness and pain in your body, I write it down. I see your honor. I see your praise. It has come up before me, and I'm going to make a difference in your life. The, the world will see there's something different about you. Uh, anyway, I'm, okay, I'm going to keep on going. The Holy Spirit was letting me know, he said, when we give thanks and honor and gratitude and appreciate, in appreciation, God will make a difference in our life. The world will see favor on us and we'll have real joy and not that fake smile that you get around when you don't want folks to know your business and that you're going through trials. He said, you'll have the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is not walking around giggling, but there is, it's just a, a steadiness inside of you, a consistency. There is is there there is no um, trauma, if I could say that. There is no uh emergency. Things can come up, but then you know you serve the one who has all the answers. So when you walk in the joy of the Lord, there's a peace and a confidence that you walk in. And see, because it's the one message that if I could say anything, it's always about Jesus. So although God is saying we need to praise him more, the foundation is you need to praise me more so that I can bless you so that the world can see I'm a good God and they'll want to serve the God that you serve. That's the that's the, that's the the whole of it right there. But I'm going to give you some scriptures in between there. But anyway, the Lord was saying that when you walk in the joy of the Lord and when you really give me thanks and you honor and reverence me, the unsaved will see my light inside of you. That will make you contagious. And your loved ones will want to know the God that you serve. And so Deuteronomy chapter 8, if we can go to Deuteronomy. I really, I mean, I know it's important to praise God and and give him his props. But this really opened my eyes up to some things that I had just didn't know and took for granted. Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I'm going to read verse 11 through 18. And this is what the and this was a warning that the Lord uh, had Moses to tell the people, because you know they had come out of Egypt and God was blessing them a little bit. So in verse 11, I'm going to go down to 18. it says, "But beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments, His judgments, and the statutes which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them." And when your herds and your flock multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which you were in which there were fiery serpents and scorpions thirsty land where there was no water who brought water for you out of the flinty rock. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your father did not know that he might humble you, that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my might and my power, then you say in your heart, my, my power and the, and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. He was warning them, don't be like this. Don't forget the God that brought you over. Don't say that you're the one. Who has blessed you? You are not the reason that you live living in your Amos 9, 13 blessing. It's all of me. It's all of me. It's verse 18 says, then you shall remember the Lord your God because it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Malachi chapter two, we don't have to turn there, but when God was giving them a warning to always make sure that he, he got the praise for everything that was right in your life. Malachi chapter 2, I had never seen it before. Thank God we're not under the curse anymore. But he told the priesthood, he said, if you don't thank me, you are cursed. Your prayers are cursed. When you don't thank me, here we can turn to it, Malachi chapter 2. Let's go there because I had uh never seen that before. Malachi chapter 2, and no, we're not under the curse any longer, but the Lord had to teach them how to treat him, how to reverence him. So Malachi chapter 2, okay, and then the word I want to read. Uh-huh. Malachi chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, Now, O priest, this commandment is for you, if you will not hear And if you will not take it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yes. I have cursed them already because you did not take it to heart. And what God was letting them, because, you know, he had to teach them how to serve them. You know, they've been living in Egypt. They didn't respect him. You know, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. No, we're not under that. But it was just, God was showing the people how important it is to serve him. How important it is to give him thanks. And it says, and so I wrote on here, don't forget while you're enjoying your upgrade and advancing in our Amos nine thirteen lifestyle, don't forget to look up and give thanks. why? Because he gives us the power to get wealth so that he can establish his kingdom with us. Paul was radically saved from a lifestyle of persecution, Christians persecuting Christians. And he said in First Thessalonians 5, 18, he said that in everything I give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And Paul, you know, we know he wrote half of the New Testament. And, and yes, he had revelation revealed unto him. But Paul was so thankful for the lifestyle that God had saved him out of, knowing that he was killing Christians, innocent Christians, who were serving the Most High God, who he was later introduced to. But God said, I pray without ceasing. I always give thanks to God. And because he always had that heart of gratitude, thankfulness, and he walked closely with God, God gave him Revelation, he gave him wisdom, and he wrote half of the New Testament because he walked closely with him, and he didn't forget who was the author and the strength, who was the author and provider of all the strength that he walked in and encouraged to proclaim Jesus Christ to the same people that he once persecuted. So, Second, uh, First Chronicles, chapter sixteen, verse eight through fifteen. So, right now, I'm just going over why should we? Why? Why? Why should we give thanks? And so first of all, you know, the old, we did a lot of Old Testament, uh, examples. He said, first of all, I'm the power, I'm the one who gives you the power to get wealth. He told the old, uh, in the old, under the old covenant, he said, if you don't give me thanks, your, your blessings will be cursed. Everything that you do will be cursed. And so continuing this in second Chronicle, uh, fir- I keep saying second, first Chronicle 16, verse eight through 15, David is charging the people to give thanks to God. He says, call upon him, stay close to him, testify about all the wonderful things he has done. And this is Second Chronicles sixteen, eight through 15. David is excited because, you know, they had to carry the ark of the Lord everywhere they went. But David told the Lord one day, he said, I got a beautiful house that I live in and I have all this. He said, I want to prepare a place for you for the ark. And so the Lord told him what to do. So he prepared a tent for the ark. So he was so thankful that he could do something for God and had have a place where the presence of the Lord could dwell. So he was so thankful. He had such a heart of gratitude. He told the Lord, he said, always give thanks. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Now, chapter 15, it talks about when the, and see, uh, just a little bit of uh, background. When David was telling the people to give thanks to God. Because he was good. He had told the Levites, he said, you take the ark, this is what you do, this is how you carry it, and this is where you take it. God will be pleased with us because we prepared a place for him, for his glory to be housed. He was so thankful and so full of praise that he thanked and he worshiped God in the street. And you all know in a different account, his wife Micah, Michael, Saul's daughter was up in the window and she was staring at him and she was so sure that he was so arrogant and wanting to be seen. She stood up in that window and she was she was judging David as he served the Lord. But what the Lord was showing me, if Michael had have been down there with her husband serving God, she wouldn't have been barren and she wouldn't have been unfruitful and she would have been a happy wife. Because Michael is the only wife that David had that never bore children. Now, he didn't have children with Abigail, but Michael could not have children because she was so full of judgment. And so anyway, um, that was an example the Lord gave me for that. So anyway, Psalm 73. Oh, that's a way before. We can go to Psalm 73. But the Lord said, when Michael was up in that window, judging David and not giving God thanks and not seeing the, significance of having a place for god she had the wrong view and when you have a hardened heart and you don't give god thanks you won't have eyes to see what's really going on and so psalm 73 if we could go there one through three i guess i am gonna read it okay psalm 73 i didn't write the page number down We all know Psalm 73, and that's when David said, my uh, foot almost slipped. And see, that's what happened with Michael. Instead of serving God and thanking God and giving praise and honor to him, she was standing up in that window looking down on David. And it left her bare, and it left her in lack, it left her without, and that's the same way to do Christians who don't take the time out to worship God every day, give Him thanks. That was the biggest thing when I was going over my notes. He said, "People just don't give me thanks." You know, it's easy to thank God in church when you with everybody else. Well, what 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 are you doing in your private time? What are you doing when you wake up in the morning? When you ha- what's 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 your big thing in your life in the morning? Is it the fact that you don't have this, don't have that? Is it everything that's wrong in your life or are you exalting God and making him big so that he can make your cricket play straight? So Psalm 73, well, actually, this is a psalm of ASAP. And he said, truly, this is, I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through three first. first. And it's, he said, truly, God is good to Israel, to such as are, as are of a pure heart. But as for me, my foot had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And see, when you don't have a thankful heart, you will have spiritual blindness because you God will be blessing you. You won't even see it. Psalm 17, though, I'm sorry, verse 17, he says, he kept on going. He talked about everything that the, he saw the wicked doing and how he thought they were advancing and getting over and God wasn't punishing them for their mistakes. But if you drop down to verse 17, it says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, in other words, until I got into the presence of God, laid down my arrogant flesh. My flesh that was envious of the wicked, when I got into your presence and lifted up my hands to you and started praising you, then my eyes got opened. And actually, that it says that in the message translation. Well, verse 17 says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. The message translation says, then I saw the whole picture. Because, see, when you have a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of gratefulness towards God, he'll let you see behind the scenes. He'll bring you behind the veil where he is. It said, He says, Surely you have set them in a slippery place. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation as in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors. They don't have peace. As a dream when one awakes. So, Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Thus, my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and arrogant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by your right hand. He's saying, Lord, you know what? I've been arrogant. I've been, I've had the wrong view, but Lord, you love me. I'm with you. You got me right by your side. I've been missing. I haven't even seen, been seeing everything you've been doing for me. He said, you guide me with your counsel, And afterwards, you receive me to your glory. Whom whom do I have in heaven but you? And there is no one upon the earth that I desire besides you. Let me see, how far do I want to go? And then verse 26 says, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart. my portion forever he said Lord I've been sitting up envious of these wicked people not knowing that I serve a God who owns everything Lord you are my portion forever I have no reason to feel envious because a cat on a thousand hills belong to you if you don't have it you said you could create it for me I serve a God with unlimited power Lord I praise you but because I was so envious of the wicked I, I didn't have eyes to see I was spiritually blind but now I've seen their outcome The Passion Translation of Psalm 73 verse 17 says, In the light of the glory, in the light of glory, my distorted uh, perspective vanished. In the light of your glory, Lord, everything that was distorted around me, it vanished. I had eyes to see. And that's why we give thanks to God. Because he's a good God. Nothing is, that's the devil's thing. He always wants to make Christians feel like something is being withheld from them always the when this when you get that thing in your heart that comparison thing is the devil trying to rob you because we serve a good god don't don't ever let your foot slip because it looks like the wicked is getting over they're on a slippery slope and so uh more examples the lord gave me for why we should give thanks one example is he said giving thanks and gratitude towards god assures our prayers being answered And that's Isaiah sixty-five. If we could just go to Isaiah sixty-five, verse twenty-four. Because he said he, he well, the Holy Spirit was saying they need to know why to give thanks. And then after that, we'll go over some benefits of those who did give thanks, and we saw their miracle. Isaiah 65, verse 24. It says, It shall come to pass. That before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear them. And see, that's, that goes right along with Amos nine. And see, he said, when you have a heart of thanksgiving and you thank me, I don't have a, I don't have a problem hearing your prayers. I already know what you're going to ask me for. And when you're in the midst of forming those words, I'm already dropping your blessing down because I know that I can trust you. So that's one reason that we give thanks, so that our prayers can be answered. Psalms 46 verse 1 says, give thanks because because God's our refuge. And he's a very help in the time of trouble. He said, I don't care what comes up before you. What issue you face? I am a very present help. Yes, I'm the one that heals your body. I'm your provider. I I provide everything that you need. There is not, I am the God of all flesh. There is nothing too hard for me. That's why you praise me. That's why you give me thanks because I am a good God. Don't let the devil tell you that nothing is going right in your life. Don't let the devil tell you that sinners have it easier than what God's people have. Don't don't let the devil tell you that sinners are nicer than Christians. That's a deception. Give thanks. Give thanks. Psalms 50 verse 15. God says, call upon me in the day of trouble. And I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Why should we give thanks to God? When we give thanks to God and we have a heart of gratitude, we can call upon him. That's a privilege that I think Christians take for granted. That we have a God that we can call upon and he always has an ear to us. Heathens don't have that. That's why they always say, well, if it be God's will, they say that so that if their prayer don't get answered, they can back out and make it look like it was God and not them. But see, we serve a God whose answer is always yes and always amen. Verse, um, so I'm going to go over it again. Psalms 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Call upon me, I'll help you out, and you glorify me. So it's like a back and forth. You call upon God, he'll answer. You love on him, he'll love on you. And that's the way he wants it to be. Isaiah 61. I'm just going to pull out a few verses in that. And we're still talking about why give God thanks. So we'll go to Isaiah 61. You know, if you sit up and think about... The conversations you've had during the day. I think the most dangerous conversations is the one you have when it's just you by yourself, because that's when you tell on yourself. And so when you sit up and think about the conversation that you have, like the woman with the issue of blood, she said within herself, what are you saying within yourself? And that's when you can see, are you giving God the thanks? Are you doing or your words harsh and stout against him? Psalms 50, okay, wait a minute, okay, I'm sorry, Isaiah 61, trying to keep up with my notes. Okay, Isaiah 61, and then I'm going to do verse 3 first, 3. It says to, cons-, do I want to do read, page 1043, okay, verse 3. Okay, well, I, let me just, uh, Isaiah 61, it says to, con-, this is what the, the, he said the spirit, let me just start at the top. Isaiah 61 says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console all those who mourn in Zion. To give the beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. And the garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness. And God is saying, I want to, be, you, you glorify me and I will give you beauty for ashes. I will give you oil for your, oil, the oil of joy for your morning. Every place where the devil has brought you shame and discouragement. I'm going to, like Jove said, like Jove got double for his shame. He said, that's, I'm a God of restoration. I'm, I, I'm a, uh, I forget it. I know it's in the Bible. He said, I, I'm a God of justice. I hate robbery. When the Lord sees the devil robbing us, not just through finances, but through love, relationships, uh, hard times with our kids or our husbands. He said, I'm a God of justice. I'm going to restore it. I'm going to give you beauty for your ashes, the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. And so we're going to keep going. I'm going to go over to verse seven. And he said, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the devil. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Here it is in verse 8. He says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work with truth, and I will make with them an everlasting covenant. And we're still talking about why should I give thanks. And so verse 7, I want to expound on that. I wrote down here, if you're dealing with shame, strife, confusion, stop and give God thanks. Thank God because he's good and his mercy endures forever. And we're never thanking God for our, like, I thank God, you know, I broke my leg because that's not what he's saying. You thank God because you serve the healer. You know, sometimes we get in hard situations and we say, well, how can I thank God? Cause I'm going through this, that and the other. You thank God because he's the answer. He's the healer. He has the remedy. He knows exactly what you need and he has it for you. You thank God because his mercy endures forever. Isaiah 40. verse 4 Okay Isaiah 40 verse 4 and we're still talking about why give thanks and the Lord says give thanks to me because every valley shall be exalted every mountain and hill will be brought low I will make the crooked places straight and the rough places smooth. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Actually, you know what? Wait a minute. That was that. And then I'm going to read verse 6 through 8. It says, "The okay, okay, let me back up. So we're talking about why give thanks. And so I just, you know, the, the prophet was telling them, You give thanks to God because this is what he's going to do for you. Every crooked place shall be made straight. Every rough place shall be made smooth. And he was prophesying. But then the Lord told him, he said, cry out. Give thanks. Tell these people something that's coming from my throne. And the prophet said, well, what should I say and what should I cry out? And he said, you tell them this. All flesh is grass and and all is loveliness. It's like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of the Lord stands forever. He said, you let these people know. You cry out to me and you give me thanks. Because no flesh will glory in my presence. Nothing that you do can stand up against my glory and what I can do for you. He always, he was always warning the people about glorying in themselves and what they can do. Okay, I'm to he said, he told the prophet, he said, cry out and give thanks. God reads their heart and he's like, well, why should I give thanks? What should I tell these people? He said, tell these people, don't have no confidence in your flesh, but you glory in me. I wrote on here, it says, why aren't we thanking God? We are not thanking God for our problems, but well, we are thanking him because he is the answer. Have no confidence in your flesh, and that's what the Lord was telling the prophet to prophesy. Tell them, don't have no don't have no confidence in your flesh and your accomplishments, your schooling, and who you married to, and where you live, and what you drive. And He said, that stuff I could blow on that stuff, and it'll disintegrate. But you tell them the glory in My presence and everything that I can do for them. God, He said, glory in the fact that My word never returns void; it stands forever, and that's why we give thanks. And so the benefits of giving thanks, there were some examples that the Lord showed me and, uh, so the first one is John chapter 11. Hmm. So we already know this. This is, uh, well, we've read it before. This is when Lazarus died, and they were calling for him to come. Verse 4 says, when Jesus heard that, he said, okay, well, they were all telling him, you know, Lazarus is sick. Come see him, blah, blah, blah. And verse 4 says, when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, and that the Son of God might be glorified through it. In other words, he was saying, you know what? I'm going to let Lazarus die because I've been walking with you guys. I've been feeding y'all, and you still don't know who I am. You don't know who I am. You don't know who my God is, who my father is. You're still spiritually blind. But he's going to die. But this will be to the glory of God. And so anyway, I'm going to keep going. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay, so John, I'm going to jump over to verse 11. It says, These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus is asleep, because they were, you know, kind of going back and forth. But I go, that I might wake him up. Then his disciples said, Well, Lord, if you sleep, so get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, for they thought he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sake that I was not there, that you might believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. And so he was letting them know you still, y'all still don't know who I am, don't know what I'm capable of, don't know what I can do. Okay, so I'm gonna keep on going. So when Jesus got there, I wonder why I didn't write that down. When Jesus got there, he told them, he said, take away the stone. Wait a minute. I'm trying to see if I want to go there. Okay, I'm just going to. Jesus said to them, take away the stone, Martha, the sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench. And he said to, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to him, did I not say to you that if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. And with, when they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, and this is what the Lord was showing me before well, this great miracle, Jesus, our example, lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. And I'm going to start right there. The Lord said, every time that you're, well, he was talking to me. He said, every time you're in a hard place, instead of complaining, you look up and you say, Lord, I thank you that you got the answer for this. Not I thank you that I'm sick. No, Lord, I thank you. You are my healer. I thank you that I will walk out of this, whatever the situation. And see, Jesus is our great example. Jesus went on to say, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who were standing by, I say this that they may believe that you sent me. And see, Jesus needed to perform this miracle to raise Lazarus from the dead because they still didn't believe that he was the resurrection and the life. They wasn't sure if Jesus was really who he said he was, and they definitely wasn't sure if God was really his father. And so and Jesus, and we all heard this before, Jesus had to call Lazarus out by name because our God is so full of power and authority. If he would have said, come forth, everybody in that tomb would have walked out. But, but the Lord said, Jesus is your example. He always gave me thanks. He always said, Lord, I know you hear me. He always kept God. I call it give God his props. He always kept God at that rightful place of authority. Okay. And then another example the Lord gave me of Jesus giving thanks is John chapter 6. John chapter 6 oh you know what I, I've jumped over one before we go there I want to go to one that uh let's go to Luke 17 I need to follow my notes <laughs> yeah Luke 17 I can't uh, sometimes I don't write as fast as my mind be going so I got to got to catch myself. Okay, so Luke 17 verse 11. Page 1549. Luke 17:11, page 1449. Mm, and we'll start in verse 11. We've heard it, we've read it before, but that doesn't matter because God is always doing something new. It says, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And we're talking about the benefits of giving thanks. So that one benefit, Jesus gave thanks and Lazarus was raised from, raised from the dead. And the Lord was saying, when you give me thanks in the midst of, a, in the face of a hard situation, whatever is dead in your life, I will raise it up again because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And so this second example the Lord gave me for what giving the benefits of giving thanks is the leper. It says, then he entered a certain village. There met him ten men who were, who were lepers, who stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw, when he saw, he had eyes to see. No spiritual blindness. When he saw that he was healed, he returned, and with a loud voice he glorified God, and fell down on his face, at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, where are the ten clans? But there are, let me see, I'm sorry, were there not ten clans? But where are the nine? Were there not any found? who returned to give glory to God, except this foreigner. And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And this leper, who had been living in seclusion, under much shame, much torment, had spiritual eyes to see that he had been healed. And he humbled himself and came back because he was a Samaritan. He didn't have to. He humbled himself, and he came back, and he gave glory to God. So he, when he got to the priest, he was different from the other nine. The other nine got there, they were cleansed, but they still had stuff missing. When he got to the priest, his ears had grown back. He had all his fingers, all his toes. His nose was back on his face. He was made whole because he gave thanks. And what the Lord was letting me know, when you give thanks— Everything in your life, I don't care what's missing and what's broken. I will come, I will restore it to you. And not only will I restore it, I will give you a sevenfold return. I will give you double for your shame. There is nothing too hard for me. Nothing at all. Thanksgiving will bring us into the miracle of abundance and the miracle of overflow. It always will. John, now we can go to John chapter 6. This was actually the first scripture that I had seen when I was asking the Lord. You know, he said, you need to give me thanks. Don't thank me enough. So anyway, John chapter 6, and I'm going to... Okay, we're going to start down in verse 11. So Jesus was out, you know, he was ministering, and from a distance, I'm just going to give you some background, he saw all the people coming, to be healed and, and he saw them and he didn't want to send them away and it was getting dark and he knew he needed to feed these people. So verse 11, well, he asked them, he said, what can we do? And they said, well, you know, we don't have anything, Lord. There's just a little kid over here. He got a lunch, you know, he got a little bit of something. So, uh, and so Jesus, so anyway, let's start in uh, verse 11. I think that's where I want to go. Verse 11. I'm going to read through 13. Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed it. And so this is what the Lord let me know. There was much that it was over five thousand people there because they sat down in groups of fifty and a hundred. The Bible says that the men were five thousand, so he fed over five thousand people. But when Jesus gave thanks, that called the, that caused the multiplication. That multiplication miracle. I know we've heard that. We hear it all the time. But we need to live out of that. It says, and Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. And the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So there was lack when he started. But after he started giving thanks, those people ate. The Bible says, some translation says they ate until they were full. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves that were left over from those who had eaten. And so that is the miracle of multiplication. Why? Because Jesus gave thanks. He had a heart of gratitude. There was something else I wanted to say about that. Okay, I want you to go back and this is Something that I saw later. Go back to just move up. Verse 5. And Jesus lifted up his eyes seeing a great multitude coming towards him. And he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that they may eat? Verse 6 says, but this he said to test him for he himself knew what he would do. And so this is what the Lord told me: When you're in a hard place, you need to give thanks, because God already knows what He's going to do for you. You thank Him in advance. You are never in a hard place; it's only a test. It's only a test, because He said here He already knew what He was going to do. He already knew that lad had a few fish and a few loaves of bread. He already knew His He that miracle was already in His heart. And the Lord said, "That's a, I always." Have my children's miracle set out for them. If they would just give me thanks. It's waiting on them. It's all he, he, what's in his heart, he wants to bring out. You know, years ago when the, we started having these conferences and prophet Alan Wilson uh, would come all the time. And I remember he told me one time, he said, and I thought it was a little different. You know, I'll say, and he said, you should pray and ask God whatever he has in the back of his heart for you, let him know you want it. And I was like, oof, okay. And then I saw this scripture and Jesus said, I did, and the, where it says, I asked them that to test them because I already knew what I was going to do. And see, there's plans that God already has in his heart. He already has stuff set aside. I'm going to do this for her. I know she likes this. He already has it set up. And see, when you trust him and give him thanks, that helps pull it closer to you. 'Cause he already he he his thoughts towards us that's what he kept telling me. My thoughts towards them are good to give to do them to give them peace and not evil. See, I got a lot of scriptures in my head right now, so I can't get that script. But Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He said that's how I feel about my kids every day. If they could just back up, worship, look up, thank me. Don't get overwhelmed with what they see. Have spiritual eyes. See behind the scenes. I already know in my heart what I want to do for them. You know, Psalms 103, we don't have to go there, but this is another example the Lord gave me for another benefit. Psalms 103, David was saying, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not his benefits. So that's a benefit. When you serve God, And well, I'm sorry, when you thank, well, yeah, when you serve him, but when you thank and worship and give him praise, there are benefits. Psalms 103 talks about all the benefits. He said, "I'll forgive all your iniquities." That way, you don't have to walk around feeling guilty all the time. I'll heal all your diseases. The devil can't blackmail you. He can't tell you, "Well, you got high blood pressure because you're fat, or you got high blood pressure because you're black." No, that don't belong to us. Lord, I, we can. If we get a diagnosis, we can look up and say, "Lord, that." The devil's a liar. This ain't for me. I don't claim this. I don't receive this. Instead of getting on the phone saying, girl, or getting on Facebook, I'm in the hospital again. And this is what the doctor said. No, this don't belong to us. Instead of getting on Facebook, you get on your knees, lift up your hands and say, Lord, I thank you for Isaiah 53 and 5. Lord, I thank you that I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord when I go back. That evil report will not be there because it cannot stand in the face of your glory. And so there are so many benefits on why we need to give thanks. And one more thing that I saw. Well, I'm not going to say one more. Malachi chapter one. I'm going to read it because I don't really remember what that one says. But uh is it Malachi? Yeah, Malachi chapter, I think it's Malachi chapter four. Okay, it's Malachi chapter four. I wanted to show you something. Page thirteen eighty eight. Hey, this is Bible study, so we're studying in our Bible, so a lot of scriptures, 1388. 1388, chapter 4, verse 2. And the Lord was letting me know, he said, when you give me thanks... This is another benefit. Verse two says, but to you who fear my name or who worship me, reverences me, puts me in my right place of authority. The son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings and you shall go out and you shall grow fat like stall fed calves. Healing will rise up inside of you. You will be healthy. You'll be whole. You'll have vigor. Long life and strength, you know the uh, what 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 that prayer we always like to pray the blessings of Moses, your eyes will not be dim, nor your natural strength evaded. you won't be feeble. He says, when you give thanks to me, the Son of righteousness will rise up on the inside of you, and you'll go out and you'll grow fat, and you'll be like a stall fed calf uh, stall fed calves are usually the calves that they use to slaughter and sell their beef. So they're fatter and they're plumper and they're more nourished than a calf that just grazes out in the field. That's a dairy cow. That's what they use for Taco Bell. And so anyway, there is a difference between how they're fed and how they're kept and how they're housed. And so the Lord is saying, when you bless me and give me thanks, I'll make a difference between you and everybody else. We already talked about that earlier, but that still goes along with that with Malachi. He said, the son of righteousness shall arise. How am I doing, Miss Alicia, on my time? I know I probably shouldn't worry about time, but. Oh, awesome. Okay. Okay. So it was something, I'm still talking about the benefits of giving thanks. Cause once I got into it, I just said, Lord, I just, I couldn't stop thanking him enough. I said, Lord, I don't give you your props. You know, if I, I need to catch myself and I, I, you know how we used to do that, keep, you, you do a check and then that I need to do a check, in the complain column and the give thanks column. <laughs> So I can catch myself every day. So Psalms 105 verses 1 through 8 and I'm going to read that. Psalms 105 verse 1 through 8. The Bible says, "O, oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people, sing to Him, sing psalms to Him, talk of all His wondrous works, glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord, seek the Lord and His strength, seek His face evermore." Remember his marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and his judgments and the judgments of his mouth. O seed of Abraham, his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations. When we give God thanks and adoration, He will always remember your seed, and keep His covenant with them. So that was another benefit. He said, "When you serve Me and thank Me, I'll bless your kids for it." There's a lot. There's a lot of benefits. And then uh, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah, I, I put something down. Isaiah 43. It's another example the Lord gave me. Isaiah 43. Oh, page 119. Isaiah 43, verse 25 through 26. He says, I even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you might be acquitted. And I think I wanted to, oh, the message translation, and we're still talking about the benefits of serving God. I'm sorry, thanking God, Well, all of it. Thanking God, serving God, honoring him, worshiping him, they all run together. The message translation says, But I, yes, am the one who takes care of your sins. That's what I do. I don't keep a list of your sins. And when I read that in the message, I was like, hallelujah. Again, he says, I don't keep a list of your sins. So make your case against me. Let us have it out. Let's have it out. Make your argument. Prove you're in the right. And so what the Holy Spirit was saying, when you worship and serve God, it's like an open courtroom. God is saying, come up and let me know. Why? I shouldn't withhold from you. And you could say, why? Because I repented and I plead the blood. And he said, okay, you're quitted, You're free. And see, that's another benefit we have. We don't have to walk guilty. We don't have to be ashamed. We have God's mercy over us that's new every single morning when you bless him. Forgiveness, being free. Not having shame, not walking in condemnation. A lot of Christians don't know that lifestyle. But he wants that to be like an everyday part of us. That should be a part of our mental. When we mess up, repent. When the devil wants to remind you of you say, oh no devil, there is now therefore no condemnation. That's been dealt with at the cross. I can walk free. I put on here in closing, we just can't approach the throne of God any kind of way we got to honor God with thankfulness. Thankfulness must be present. And then Psalms 100, after I had started writing this, the Lord gave me an example of Psalms 100. Uh, Psalms 100 verses 4 and 5. And it says, enter is the password. I'm sorry. It says, enter with the password. And that's thank you. This is the message translation. Enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home. talking praise. Thank him and worship him. And that's what Psalms 104 says. I'm going to read it the way we're used to hearing it. But he said, when you come into church, the password is thank you. Because people, Christians, we don't even respect his presence enough. Psalms 100. What we're used to hearing out of the King James says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. And what the Lord was letting us know, there's a way that you need to approach me. And that's what he had to teach Moses. You know, that's why he had to teach the priest. That's why the priest, you know, the priest just couldn't go into the holies of holy with their street clothes on. They they had they wore certain linens, they were a certain color, they were made a certain way around the hem of their, uh, the, the drove they had on. There was a pomegranate, the fruit, and then there was a veil. The most significant thing was that veil. Because if that priest went into the holies of holy on the wrong day, he could drop dead. You didn't just enter into God's presence any kind of way. And so that's what the Lord was showing me out of all this. He said, Christians have lost their reverence for me, their respect for me. They come into the house of the Lord instead of, you know, with a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving, you come in arguing, full of strife, full of the hell that you carried all week. Yes, come in here and get delivered, but when you hit this door, hit the presence of God, there's a certain kind of reverence you ought to have. He said, Christians gotta learn, and me too, he said, you gotta learn how to respect me. Give me my props. You know, you, and when the, see, when they, when those priests were behind the holies of holies, and they didn't hear that bell going off. They were dead because they had dropped dead in the presence of God. And I couldn't find it, but I know that there are certain uh, folks that say that there was either a rope tied around their ankle or their waist because they couldn't go in there either. So they knew when they didn't hear that bell, them bells, he wasn't moving. So he was dead. So they had to pull him out. And so I want to see if I had written that down. Oh, it's Exodus, 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 twenty-eight. God instructed the, God instructed the priest what to wear. One very important piece was the veils and the pomegranate all around the hem of his robe. The veils would be heard when he entered into the holy place and come into the presence of God and again when he comes out so that he didn't, so they would know that he didn't die. That's why, okay, so I did all that. That's why a rope was tied around his waist. So they could pull him out. Because he had died. The Bible talks about all the priests. I think. Well I'm not going to say the Bible. But when I was studying this. I know I read one study. That said over 300 priests. Over time had perished. Because they went into the holies of holy. Not a right way. And they dropped dead in the presence of God. And so we have to be taught. How to respect God. How to love him. Give him thanks. And so this. Today, this is just a reminder to give God thanks. When we give God thanks, it unlocks healings, miracles, it unlocks, it takes lack off our life, defeat. You know, he said, I'll remember your children. And I thought, I I had another scripture with that. But anyway, oh, you know, David said, I've been young and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. And the righteous are not forsaken because the righteous have a heart of gratitude towards God. And God said, what you do for me... Will trickle down to your children. It's never just about you. The Bible says. I don't know if I wrote it down. But I know it's one thing that he said. I will keep covenant to a thousand generations. You know most of us. Sometimes you'll see on Facebook. And you'll see maybe three generations. You'll see the mother, the grandmother and all that. And see all of us are accustomed to like the third. You know maybe the fourth generation. But God says when you thank me. And when you worship me. I'll keep covenant with you. Until a thousand generations. Because I'm a promise keeper. I keep my word. You honor me, I honor you. When you show me respect, I'll show you respect. And so this is the way the Lord, He wants us to come up higher. He said, He said everybody is enjoying their upgrade, their Amos 913, but don't forget to look up and give me thanks. I'm, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith all the blessings that you have don't forget that i am the i'm the author of that and so that's that's all i want to encourage you with today don't forget to give thanks don't forget to give thanks and so there's one more thing the lord instructed me to do he said and and after you remind them to give thanks he said just one song and he wants us to just worship him and give him thanks just one song because he said i'm do it amen Thank you Jesus, and after that we'll open the altar if somebody wants to pray but. we're going to obey God and give him some thanks. Thank you.
1: Nobody like the Lord, none to you. We give you the Lord.